Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Game Junkie Show. I'm your host, Crystal. And today we're going to take a little walk down memory lane because it's all about the love for all things retro. Two uh, new first-time guests, which makes me super, super excited. So please welcome to the show today, Brad. Hello. And Zwan. How's it going? Thanks for being here, guys. So uh, let's just uh, alphabetically, just because, Brad, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about your very first video game that you ever played. Oh, boy. Um, you know, hard to recall. I'm 40. <laughs> uh, but uh, probably, I would guess, Pac-Man. Uh, and, and this pizza place we used to go to, I can remember them putting me up on tomato boxes and just kind of turning me loose on the controls. I was probably about four years old or so, but, uh, uh, you know, first, but most memorable for me, probably um, a Super Mario Brothers. It, it's got to be that. that. That's the one I think that got a lot of kids my age, just <laughs> hooked. Yeah. Zwan, what about you? Do you, what do you, like, what do you remember about your very first video game? My earliest memory, honestly, is playing Smurfs on ColecoVision. I didn't own one. I uh, I went to like uh, my grandmother had a cottage, in like about like an hour away from where I lived, and every summer we just go there for like the summer. Me and my brother would just like hang out there for like two months. Um, and there was a kid who lived who, who also went to the cottage every summer, and he had a ColecoVision, and I was just like, "What is that?" And they showed me the Smurfs on ColecoVision. That's my earliest memory. I'm sure I played games before that, but. Yeah, um, but Super Mario Brothers, and like the whole dual cartridge with Duck Hunt is like the first game that I know for a fact that I owned um, because my parents uh, rented an, uh, an NES like three or four times before they were bought one for us. And uh, yeah, I remember playing that, but um, Super Mario Brothers 3 is my first true love game, I think. I Good choice. I think I remember my first, at least my mom confirms, my uncle got me an Atari 2600 and joust. Like he's, right. he he wanted to get me into games. And I just, <clears throat> I, I just remember, like I feel very vividly, I kind of remember, because I'll be 40 this year too. So I just remember like the movement. But I think Mario, that Mario Brothers era, I think for people around our age is what really solidified that love for the, okay, but okay. When we played Duck Hunt Zwan, did you really stand far away from the CRT or were we right yes, up to we it. Were right there? <laughs> do you do you guys remember the track and do you remember the track and field game where you could buy that big okay? Did you act, did you actually use the power pad with your feet or did you use the hands to make yourself go fast? Both. Both. <laughs> yep. Both. So then we all we all pretty much owned an NES, right? That was like the first yep. main mainstream. So let's talk. Brad, let's go back to you. Let's talk about like what what was your fit? What are some games that you would say on the NES just catapulted your love for gaming? Well, uh, the Christmas I got my NES. Uh, obviously, I got Mario Duck Hunt. Uh, my uh, my parents picked me up uh, Excite Bike as well as uh, the original Metal Gear, which is uh, which was really brutal for like an eight year old, you know, uh, but. Yeah, Excite Bike, definitely Super Mario Brothers, of course. Uh, you know, Mega Man, uh, you know, obviously blew me away. Um, uh, you know, tons of stuff, of course. Contra over at friends' houses, uh, multiplayer, you know, uh, all, all the classics. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, those were my jams. Juan, what about you? What are, what are some of your, like, favorite NES games that you felt just like solidified that I'm, I'm going to be a gamer the rest of my life. Final Fantasy. Um, I remember having an association with uh, Nintendo Power Magazine and seeing like the preview because that was like pre-internet mm -hmm. obviously, right? So like all of our stuff was literally like whatever they showed us in the, in the magazines. And I literally remember just seeing all the artwork and in the, in the, in the, the margins and stuff of like the preview for Final Fantasy. And I was just like, I have to play this. And I told my mother, uh, like, like, can I have this for Christmas? And yeah, I mean, like, it's, <laughs> like it was like the first game that I ever played that like, it was my first JRPG. I'd played Dragon Quest a little bit before, but like, yeah. So Final Fantasy one on NES. 
I don't think I played that. My uncle had the Nintendo, so I only got to play it on the weekends. Every mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, I went there and played, and then they finally let mm-hmm. me get a system, the Super Nintendo days. But I, we, play, we played a lot of Contra, Double Dragon. You remember that one? Love the that nin- game. The, the Ninja Turtles. And now that I think yeah. back, I think my uncle wanted to get me into gaming so much because there was shit he couldn't beat, and my reflexes uh-huh. were shit. Like being like seven or eight. you know, Child eating, labor beating ninja gaiden it was like a little bit easier than you know being older and like oh this is this shit is too fast for me <laughs> what a, what a, go go ahead somebody speaking of ninja gaiden um i i, I find it amazing because i remember beating the crap out of that game as a kid but i played it again like 10 years ago and i literally was like how i couldn't even beat half the first level practically i was just like how did anyone do this Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I just, I just want to point that out. <laughs> That's actually funny because I was going to ask you guys, have you gone back and played anything? Like mm-hmm. I tried Battletoads again later as an, I, I never beat it as a kid, but I did get far and I can't even, I cannot hold a candle to the shit that I used to do when I was little. like, what, what, I mean, why do you think that is? Um, reflexes. Definitely. It's gotta be. You know, some games like Mega Man 2, I can still beat with my eyes closed, you know, to this day. But other games, um, you know, like he said, Ninja Gaiden is a prime example. I threw that on not more than six months ago and just got murdered. Mm -hmm. So I think certain games that you played maybe, you know, relentlessly as a kid will still be kind of hardwired to the nervous system. But other ones that you kind of just tinkered with, I think you're just toast. Do you, do you think some of that has to do too with when we're when I was a kid? At least I feel like I was more patient because I didn't have the bullshit of sure. real life to deal mm-hmm. with. Definitely. So now it's sure. like when when we like work hard, like life is a grind, and then we pay bills. Do we yeah. want to like put up with a game like Ninja Game? Like, do you, so? Do you, Zwan? Do you think that that has some that plays some dynamic in it too? I, I would say. I mean, for me now. Uh, talking about new games for two seconds for me now when i i work eight and a half hours a day sometimes more and i, I commute so like by the time i get home i want to play games but i also don't want to have to repeat the same place over and over and over again anymore so like and i find that a lot of it has to just have to do with my energy level and when i was 10 like i had un, unbounded energy it was just literally like you know you mean you played for 17 hours straight i've never done that but like, you know, like, <laughs> so it's kind of that whole thing, I think. Uh, I probably have done that. I know there was a period yeah. of time, I will admit, as an adult, I don't know how old I was, but it was around the P- PS3 era because we're all close in age. So that puts it into yep. perspective. But I remember my my mom letting herself into my apartment and she was like, Chris, have you eaten? Nope. And I'm like playing Call <laughs> of Duty online, probably like the 80th hour that week when I went through that COD phase. And she's like, have you cleaned your apartment this week? Probably not. She's like, have you showered? Yeah. What day is it? Sunday? I showered Friday. She's like, turn it off. Get up. Like, so I, I will admit that did happen to me. <laughs> like, I have done that before. <laughs> what did you guys think being, right? So being, being kids, what did you think of the transition from the NES to the Super Nintendo? I think it blew us all away, right? I, I mean, that, that, that to me, that's the biggest jump, isn't it? I mean, it was pretty massive. Brad, what yeah. what what would you say? Like, what was that big SNES game that just just oh. had you hooked? Oh, it's Final Fantasy IV. That's the one. Uh, you know, uh, I actually got mine. I think maybe a year after launch. Uh, you know, friends had it. Uh, Mario World's great. You know, a lot of good fun, but. You're right. I uh, didn't find that killer app, I don't think, until I saw Final Fantasy IV in action. Final Fantasy II to us at the time, of course, uh, none of us knowing that the, uh, you know, two and three had come out under our noses, so to speak. But yeah, Final Fantasy IV is the one. Um, the RPGs in general on SNES, just that, that I was just locked in. Juan, what about you? Well, probably, I mean, Actually, you're a Final Fantasy I, I honestly have to say it's exactly the same thing. Like, I loved a bunch of stuff. Super Nintendo and Genesis are like literally my two favorite consoles, I think. Please don't anyone unfollow me or hate on me. <laughs> but like, um, but the Super Nintendo was like an amazing system. But yeah, Final Fantasy 2, um, just because it showed me that you could actually tell a story with a video game. Like, 
other video games had like the you know the the little story bits, but it was just kind of like to move the the levels along. But Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy four was literally the first time I was just like, wait a minute, like this is just like a like a movie. So, yeah. As so as the systems progressed and as we got older, do you feel like your tastes in game? Because you still like Final Fantasy, so some of your tastes have been really strong since you were really little. Almost all of them are pretty much the same. Really? You know, we, we've added some things, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm not really a shooter guy, you know, I never really have been. Uh, I've been playing role-playing games since I was a little guy. Uh, see, I've, I've, I, I mean, I, it sounds like I started on this, a lot of the same games as you guys did on NES, but not so much the narrative stuff because my uncle was really big into like, you know, the shoot 'em ups. And then I was really big, pretty much with me, it was sports, shoot 'em up and racing was, I was very myopic and kind of stuck with those. For me, yeah. I think it was, Same. for me, it was PS2 and it was Indigo Prophecies was the title that changed my whole Perfect. mind about, it was Quantic Dream. It was David Cage's first. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But, yes. But, oh, that's right. Because you're where you are. I think it is. No, it was, it was called Indigo Prophecy as well. I'm just. No, but you are right for saying that because yeah. <laughs> there are people globally that are checking this out. I'm yes. like, what the hell is that? It's called Fahrenheit, yeah. I think, in most other countries. That is what hooked me to the whole idea of like narrative journeys and story arcing and RPGs and stuff. The only downside to that game was there's a sex scene in it to the uh, with music from Nickelback playing. So like, <laughs> just... I had successfully blocked that out. That, I'm I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, why would I mean friends don't let friends listen to Nickelback, do they? I'm watching YouTube videos now. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe. Somebody's unsubscribing right now. Somebody's, turn, somebody's oh. turning off the radio in the car. What about handhelds? Were Brad? Were you like? Did you get into the into the hand? I mean, we you had a Game Boy, right? Sure. What What were your jam, What were your jams on on Game Boy? Uh, I got it with Tetris, and I think. I want to say follow the Foot Clan uh, that that Christmas, and then uh, big, uh, big on the uh, Final Fantasy Legend, you know, Final Fantasy Adventure as well, you know, the, uh, obviously um, Zelda, uh, great great Game Boy game, uh, played the hell out of uh, Tetris a lot too. Yeah, and Doc, Dr. Mario, Zwan, what what about you? What were your big uh, Game Boy? I started off with the handhelds, just like I guess we all did, Game Boy. Um, we found out the extent of uh, Nintendo's warranty system, like literally the first day we had a Game Boy, because my parents bought me and my brother both Game Boys, and I don't know the I don't know the, the specifics, but for however it worked out, I broke my brother's Game Boy, and I like it was probably a fight, and um, I like so like I like I basically like smashed it off the corner of our coffee table. I don't I'm not an angry person. I used to be maybe, but. Um, <laughs> So we found out how uh, how deep they actually do. My, like my dad literally called them later and they sent us a new one within a week. Warranty. Because like, oh, they're not supposed to break. So, so long story short, I started with Game Boy and I loved it. But then I took a really big, long break. So it wasn't until SP came out. Now that you say it, when you, when you talk about how durable it was, Holy shit! Can like maybe we should talk a little bit about how durable Nintendo's products are still durable. I mean, other than you know drift, but anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, more unsubscribe, but yeah, Nintendo just like I, I mean, I know I, I know it's interesting because the new consoles do do a lot of things that Nintendo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Nintendo's going to move forward and say we're going to do 4K gaming and high frames per second, but they make some really durable shit. Yeah. There's uh, a Famicom Fist system back here that uh, still runs from 1985. Imported, you know, it's unbelievable that it still works. It, it, it's almost a little strange. You can tell that you're somewhere around an early 80s baby. If you have like an old Nintendo system that still works on an old Sony TV. I feel like that was like the <laughs> dynamic. Like, sure. is that like the apex of... Yeah. Um, what other? What other? Um, you you said you got an SP, Zwan. You 
I'm trying yeah, to like, think of what portable that was, and I'm drawing. Oh, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance SP. Sorry. Ah, okay. Yeah, I didn't go through the whole like color, um, the the Game Boy Color or any of the other, or the Game Boy Mini. I think it was called. I'm sorry. Um, or like the regular Game Boy Advance, but uh, when once the once the the SP came out, I bought that and the Final Fantasy one and two collection. Mm-hmm. Dawn of Souls. Yeah, I think. Sorry. Dawn of For... Souls, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I bought the Game Boy SP was so I could freaking play that. <laughs> so. I didn't even realize that you were both Final Fantasy buffs. I mean, Brad's <laughs> shirt should have clued me, but I I didn't know that do you want to i mean final fantasy's retro is shit do you want to spend a little time like reminiscing on like the history of final fantasy and like kind of the journey of of what it started like and and what it is today because a lot of i mean a lot of old school gamers started on final fantasy yeah well it's definitely um well you know i i played dragon quest first and uh you know, it, I really enjoyed it, uh, but when Final Fantasy came out, um, it was a you know just a, a whole new world. Uh, you could you know mix and match your characters, you know, uh, more more you know more than one class going on. You know, the narrative was a lot more advanced than Dragon Quest was. You know, Final Fantasy owes a lot to Dragon Quest, but uh, it it you know it, it was all on its own. It was uh, just incredible, mind blowing. I'll never forget it. How do you feel, Zwan? How do you fit? And I, I here comes another unsubscribe. I haven't played Final Fantasy mm-hmm. a lot, so I, I apologize to to some it's folks okay. out there who are like wildly unfollowing me. What <laughs> are what are, you know, explain to me what are some drastic differences from the Final Fantasies of the older days and the older consoles and and what we have now? It's got to be like the the narrative, like. As uh, as Brad was saying earlier, like the first one was narratively denser than Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest, but it still wasn't like super dense, especially for an NES game. But uh, as the Final Fantasy games go, they get more and more. I guess they get more and more Japanese feeling as well, because um, like like you can't like I don't know I don't I don't get a huge crazy Japanese vibe off of the first couple of Dragon um, Final Fantasy games. Other than them being J- JRPGs, obviously, but like as they go, um, they definitely open up and they get a little more, quite a bit more, like you know, just all over the place, you know, in a good way. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> and now I, I didn't get into the story arcing games and like the heavy narrative journey until Indigo Prophecy, but I, I didn't play a lot of games like that at the time because I think I was still kind of. I was also in college at some point and I didn't really have much time to. So was JRPGs a much bigger genre compared to, did we just not have as many Western RPGs at the time? Or do you think it was just kind of a marketing shift or? I've always seen it as um, we had a lot of Western RPGs on PC, but uh, because Nintendo and Sega were Japanese companies, that's kind of where they brought their games in. So I feel as though, cause I, I've always, I've always heard that, um, they came up with Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior, um, as like a response to Western RPGs. It was a kind of their You're like correct. their yep. vibe, you know, like they're like, hey, let's make our RPGs. Yep. So So games like Final Fantasy were kind of maybe in a way kind of spearheading the idea that more RPGs can can come to a console Definitely. generation essentially. Sure. So that's they played off of each other a lot too. The idea of the Western RPG has changed a lot since the early eighties. It's, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's right. Um, uh, the, you know, Dragon Quest was a response to Ultima, um, mm-hmm. to wizardry, right. Mm-hmm. Which were these kind of really complicated uh, PC games with uh, a thousand buttons and commands. And the idea was let's take what we love about wizardry and Ultima, uh, you know, leveling up uh, the, the, the narratives, the, you know, let's take everything we love and let's boil it down to a D pad and two buttons. And, and that was the birth of the JRPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the Western RPG influenced by the JRPG later in the decade uh, when you start to see them take the idea from the JRPG and then make it more action oriented, which is what I think we call the Western RPG now. 
And now you look at the newer versions of JRPGs, and they're starting to get a lot more action oriented as well. Like Final Fantasy Absolutely. Remake, Final Fantasy Fifteen. You know, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's very awesome. interesting. It's cool. Very, very cool. I feel like Nintendo's model, right? If we look at the original Nintendo and then we look at the the Switch, right? Their model has been pretty consistent. I mean, their platformers have really kind of stayed the same over. Sure generations wouldn't you say but then some titles like zelda have drastically changed i mean do you do you think that's just to appeal to newer gamers or i mean maybe we can talk about that a little bit is it was very different for us to grow up in the gaming age we did versus so many people that come in and i always forget that i assume everybody came in when i came in and i forget that like well i came in with the ps4 i came in with the genesis like like so, Brad. Why don't you talk a little bit about like your your thoughts on that that whole dynamic? Oh. Well, if you you know if you look look at your NES sequels, right? Um, with the exception, you know, we we all know that uh, Super Mario Two wasn't the real Super Mario Two, but look at Zelda Two, you know, Super Mario Two. You know, th- back then we didn't have like this is what a Mario game is, this is what a Zelda game is. So they tried different things. You know, uh, that was commonplace where the sequel to a game was totally different. Uh, Also, you know, a sequel to a game could be essentially the same as the last. Look at Mega Man. uh, Look at, uh, you know, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, You know, they're all essentially kind of the same. You know, you give different music and levels. And, um, you know, with Ninja Gaiden, it's got a narrative, which is really cool. I love that stuff. But, uh, yeah, you look at a series like Dragon Quest, too. A great example is... uh, you know, if you play Dragon Quest, you can play Dragon Quest XI. Uh, mm-hmm. You just Definitely. can. You know, it's 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 changed. It, you know, a lot of it's changed. It's gotten more dynamic, more, uh, you know. But it's essentially the same damn game, which I mm-hmm. love so much. I love that about Dragon Quest, you know. Uh, the sights and sounds are familiar. You know, I, mechanics I feel- change, but the series does not. I feel like that's a lot of, I mean, I got burnt out on call of duty i think maybe about 400 years ago with the (laughs) 75th call of duty that they brought out which had like the flying packs or some shit i don't even remember but i feel like i mean that game's always kind of the same right it's new I'm i'm not dogging on it it's it's i mean it's new maps and it's new so some games really kind of stay the same or then you look at games like the last of us and you're like well these are the same characters and they feel the same but the mechanics are completely overhauled and like so Mm -hmm. many of the the functions are overhauled so Zwan, let me ask you this because we part of me thinks gaming was harder back then because we didn't have the technical documentation right developers had limited access with code they could only polish so much like i read somewhere that battletoads was literally created part part of the difficulty was on accident and they didn't know how to fix it i don't know if that's true but do you you think we've had so many game people introduced to the to the gaming community since then do you think overall if if we look at consumers as a whole there's less patience. So if all games were that same kind of challenge or had that same kind of limitation, would it, do you think it would turn more people off or what would, what would look different? Well, I think we can just look at the way the gaming community talks about difficulty in games today. Like nowadays, we've all seen it on our timelines on Twitter. Um, So there's, there's, there's almost a genre right now that almost dedicated to people who want that insane difficulty um and we we all know what i'm talking about um from (laughs) from software you know but um so like i honestly do feel as though most games nowadays are kind of skewed a little on the easier side in general um and then a lot of that has to do with the fact that back when we were coming up in games um games were still i wouldn't call it embarrassment but like you didn't really necessarily have conversations with random people about video games unless they were wearing like a Mario shirt or you knew that they played video games. Whereas nowadays, like everyone plays video games. Literally everyone plays video games. My 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 girlfriend's mom plays like bejeweled and all those different things. And she's 
you know, in her seventies. So everyone plays video games. And I just feel as though at this point, um, in order to keep people from just quitting video games, because not everyone has the patience levels as, you know, born like died in the wool gamers. Um, they just keep the, the difficulty just kind of is at a little lower baseline at this point, I think. I'm glad that you mentioned that because when you said everybody plays video I don't, games. I don't care. I love it personally. <laughs> so. Yeah. When you yeah. said everybody plays video games, I was going to go, no, Zwan, that's not, wait a minute. Holy shit. I think everyone does. Like at, yep. mobile games are yep. huge. Yep. I mean, yep. that's, that's what pushed micro transactions in a, mm-hmm. in a console state. That's yeah. I, I forget about mobile gaming a lot. Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of here come the unsubscribes, but you know, some mobile gaming is not get gaming is video games or video games. It, it's true. It, you you may not like mobile games, but it's I think it's, it's significantly the biggest gaming market right now. So let's do something fun, just random and fun, because that's what this show is. Brad, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Take your favorite system, whatever it is, your favorite system, and your favorite game from that system. And a young person walks into the room, okay, and they haven't they haven't gamed before the current generation. Sell them on that video game. Tell them why they need to play that game on that system. Oh boy! Uh, I mean, I'm having a hard time even figuring out which game to start with. At I'm this so rate. sorry. Um, <laughs> let me just I'll randomly pick uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's a great introduce introduction to JRPGs, which obviously is my favorite genre ever. So, uh, you know, I could sell the crap out of that game. Uh, you know, just flip it on. It's beautiful to look at. You know, Toriyama style. Uh, you know, everything's awesome, and the, the the colors and the music and the characters. There's such a wide variety of characters. The time traveling story is brilliant. There's a ton of stuff, a ton of like little Easter eggs and little conversations you can have if you, you know, travel through time before and after events, you know, it it could appeal to almost anyone, you know, Uh, the game's not difficult to the point where no one can best it, you know, if, if you're struggling, all you have to do is hang out and level up a little bit, you know, so uh, I think that is pretty forgiving. Uh, yeah, I feel like the JRPG genre is very forgiving for a new person also, uh, since you really kind of can't lose if you're willing to put the time in. Uh, plus, I think people are used to narratives in their movies and TV shows as it is. So, you know, it's not too gamey, so to speak. That's it. That was a really great job. I totally threw this on y'all. with. <laughs> yeah, no I, I just picked a random game that I love, you know. <laughs> Juan, you want to give it a try? You want to try to sell uh, one of these young bucks on... Ironically, Chrono Trigger was like my second choice of like what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But honestly, um, I I feel like I'm a weird... I'm one of the weird ones, but I love Final Fantasy. I want to be clear on that. Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, all that stuff. But my personal favorite JRPG series is, is oh, yeah. the Fantasy Star series. Um, Fantasy Star 4 on the Sega Genesis is the epitome of my favorite. Like, I play through it, like, every year almost. Like, I just, I, I'll buy um, all the different, like, retro things so I can play it. And so that's that's, that's my little background on it. Um, well, how I'd explain it to a, to a young person would be like, do you like anime? Everyone nowadays loves anime and the fantasy star four games are like one of the first few games that i've noticed where they went kind of a little harder in on like actually having cool artwork so mm-hmm. when the story bits are happening it's, it's a 16-bit game so they still didn't have like the sweeping um like cinematic videos so they kind of they fill it in with manga and like like anime artwork and so i think that really fits with kids they, these days still the game is a little harder than the final fantasy games as far as like yeah. a, it, once you get about you know, five or six hours in, it just starts to punish the shit right out of you. Um, unless you read a, uh, like a tutorial or whatever, I guess. But um, it's an easy sell, I think, um, especially for games that we all grew up with these days. Any of these games are easy sells to kids these days. I did not use the phrase kids these days. I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> Un- for, unsubscribe. For, for, for young people getting into games these days, um, like the, the NES and the Super Nintendo and the Genesis is really easy for people to sell people these days because that's what the indie market is nowadays. Like, look at Eastward coming out. 
it's going to be on Switch. It looks like it looks like a, it looks like a, a Sega Genesis game yep. that has been like amped up to like a billion. It looks awesome. So I find that it's really easy to to sell sixteen bit games to almost anyone at this point. So I would sell Fantasy Star Four because it's got a really rich anime plot. It's like fantasy. It's sci fi. It's got you know characters die like special characters come back. It's just all over the place. It's like, it's, I think the epitome of JRPGs in that era for me. So you, you said something and it. It made me think. So now I, I want to ask you guys this question is part of the appeal of Nintendo. Well, we, I mean, we know Nintendo has appeal because they were the first big people to pioneer gaming. They're durable. It's family friendly games. Do you <laughs> think a part of the appeal might, so many of their games really feel old school like they still have a lot of that more simplified older approach like my wife describes it as busy with these new games she likes it but she's like they're so busy there's a lot more buttons that you have to push and a lot but the old the games can still be very challenging especially platformers on the switch but they have that older fundamental <clears throat> mentality like what if brad what do you think about that sure well you know when you said uh when you started talking about busy and the buttons uh you reminded me that all of my older cousins fell out of gaming the minute the n64 and the playstation came out you add a couple extra buttons you start adding analog sticks and it just freaked out the, the, the pac-man generation you know the atari stick kids just I, 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 you know, I'm going to speak for all of them, but I think almost all of my uh, older cousins and friends uh, just fell completely off at that point. So, uh, you know, you're right. You kind of, you know, you kind of either loved it enough to stick with it or you just bailed out when it got too complicated. I didn't even think about that. I, oh. I had assumed more people would come in because I looked at it. I mean, when I got my first Sony PlayStation, I'm like, I mean, this but is more people did come in, you know, just younger kids that had, uh, you know, they they picked a lot of kids picked that up for the first time. You know, their that's true. First, the first controller they had there in their hands was an N64 controller. There's an analog stick right in the middle. You know, they they they're controlling cameras, you know, in uh, Mario 64. You know, a lot of people just couldn't have, get the twin stick thing down. You know, uh, I think it freaked a lot of people out. No, you're right. I didn't I didn't realize that a lot of gamers that had come in were younger than me. That was it took me a long time to get my uncle adjusted to like playing mm-hmm. on the the difference in buttons. Zwan, what's what's your opinion on on kind of the dynamic shift there? Yeah, the, the controls definitely agreed. Um, but I also find that if you look back, when I go back to my old games, this NES Super Nintendo and Genesis, um, they all kind of, they all still look good. They look good. And, um, but when you start looking at old PS1 games, I was having a conversation with a, with a, with a coworker yesterday about this exact thing. Um, how PlayStation one games look like garbage now. And I don't mean that as a diss. They're like, I have, I have great memories of playing PlayStation one games, but PlayStation one is PlayStation one games is kind of the reason why, the remaster is a thing these days because mm-hmm. I'm sure like, a, like it's just, they're hard to look at. There's an aesthetic to them for sure. And so when I see that stuff, I'm like, Oh, I got memories, but to, to sit down and play a PlayStation one game that isn't a 2d game mm-hmm. is, is difficult. Like, it's just like, eh. um, and we, we get that like the N64 had that too. Like looking back at the N64, it doesn't, it didn't age well graphically. Um, so I, f- I find that I think that's one of the main reasons is because you can go back and, and pop in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on any TV. It doesn't matter if it's an HD TV or an old tube TV or whatever. It still feels right. Whereas Metal Gear Solid, <clears throat> um, unremastered, untouched on a regular TV, just looks like a jumble of mess at this point. Because we're used to 4K, we're used to all that stuff. I don't know. It's just I think that's why people can can relate to 16, uh, 8 and 16 bit stuff because it just looks good. 
That does make sense. I have a, a neighbor who's a huge N- Nintendo guy, and he's never had any other system. He hasn't seen my newer. I mean, I've sent him some pictures, and he's like, "That's a video game? What? What?" But like, if you if you're not used to it, and you like, if you haven't played at sixty frames per second or one hundred and twenty, you don't know what you're, you know, what I mean, missing. So okay. I mean, sometimes I'll go back to like PS3, or I'll plug in the NES Mini to play Excite Bike on the TV, which is entirely too big. And the pixel density on it is awful, but it's still Excite Bike. And it's that nostalgic, okay. like, exactly. oh my God, love, love Excite Bike. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, that is a thing. Or I'll go back and be like, oh my God, this is 30 frames per second. How did I play that? So maybe I do kind of see that now is, is I mean, Nintendo market is so big. Those people are like, I don't care that it's 400K and 59,000 lines of resolution. I just want family friendly games exactly so then why don't we take a little bit of time to gush brad i'll start with you why don't why don't you take a little bit of time to gush about your favorite system whatever system it is just just talk it up man just gush about it favorite system um i guess i gotta hand it to okay now are we talking you know what uh you know what era or are we talking like what games are available because i mean the nintendo switch is absolutely fantastic you know it, it uh i it mean spans, that's up to you it spans generations i mean i can play nes snes new games gamecube stuff that gets remastered so but i mean if we're talking just straight up like what games came out for this console we're probably talking uh super nintendo for me uh you know we we hit it earlier you know i was a little late to the game maybe a year year and a half late on that because i just you know didn't see anything too exciting but um yeah the uh super nintendo's uh jrpg library just cemented it for me you know uh, uh final fantasy and dragon quest before it uh you know those were the games i was looking for uh final fantasy 6 is on that console uh you know uh, chrono trigger that i mentioned before also a slew of stuff that is a lot less popular you know if you really dig into that library it's unbelievable uh add to that the the platformers that are available for it uh i think uh by and large for me as far as i don't know maybe it's because i'm an old man you know maybe it's because uh i was uh really getting excited about video games as it was coming out but for me that console just has it all there's nothing it's really missing you can find a game in nearly any genre on that console and it holds up like you said uh the ps1 there's a certain era of games it's like the ugly teenage phase for video games you know where it's that transition between 2d and 3d colors were weird borders were weird everything was a polygon you know uh it's why it's why uh, those that that 16-bit era translates, and the Super Nintendo for me is the the one. You know, I had a TG16, I had a Genesis too, but uh, nothing. Uh, you know, my uh, my SNES was the workhorse through my entire teen teens. I I just love it to death. That is so. I forget how much like people our age saw, like how much change yeah. we saw to gaming. I mean, we were alive pre-internet age and then the like coming to the internet age and then the like um so we we just experienced so much which is pretty crazy Mm -hmm. uh zwan i think i know your favorite console i think it's the genesis but uh why don't you (laughs) why don't you take some time to gush on that I, so i as i said earlier i started with the uh, the nes and then we got the super nintendo but um, about a year into my Super Nintendo career, um, whatever you want to call it, um, my dad brought home a Sega Genesis with Fantasy Star 2, Golden Axe, and Altered Beast. Right. And um, I had played the arcade version of Altered Beast, and I was like, this is a cool game. So me and my brother got to play it at home, and it was great. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with like its actual technical aspects um the way the genesis produced music was better than the nes the super nintendo different maybe i don't really want to i don't really want to like sling anything because like the super nintendo is good too don't get me wrong but like in my mind um the genesis just had more like audio range when it came to like producing music um 
So that always st- stuck with me. And the one thing I think we all forget nowadays uh, when, when, it, when it gets to like PlayStation versus Xbox, um, when you look at PlayStation and Xbox, they're by all means identical from a hard- hardware perspective. They're the same thing. Different controllers, different exclusives. They're the same thing. Sorry, unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> but um, but back versus uh, and SNES versus Genesis, they were actually different hardware. Games on Genesis looked different than Super Nintendo games, and games that were made for both systems were different games. Like you had um, you had TMNT. Um, Hyperstone Heist, exactly. And it was they, they were it was the same release, but it was two different games, mm-hmm. um, and they were different games. It was it was awesome. Um, and I just I don't know I I just think I just fell in love with the, the Genesis experience more than SNES, even though I like it was it's it's like literally it's hard. I, I have to choose Genesis because I love it, but it's almost neck and neck. So yeah. I, I want to say and Genesis, I actually didn't own. I don't think there's a single Sega console i owned unsubscribe um <laughs> just well but the neighbors owned it oh. and you know we didn't have a lot of money growing up so we switched i i feel like what genesis did with sonic and I, i'm not uh, I, i'm not as skilled as you swan so you'll have to make sure i'm being correct here i feel like what they did with sonic like the speeds in which that game produced i don't think they could have done that on the super nintendo I don't know the technicals, but you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I remember like going, "Holy shit, what is this wizardry?" Like I've ne- I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I'm gonna lean with Brad on this one. That the Super dude, the Super Nintendo was everything. I, that Super Mario World was absolutely insane. Like the jump of coming yeah. from Mario on the NES to that was just. Insanity and riding yep. Yoshi, Street Fighter Two, Mega Man X. I have to mm-hmm. give I have to give Methodical a shout out. The mm-hmm. Don- Donkey Kong games were phenomenal. Donkey Kong Two, the music, like the multiplayer aspect, the challenge. Mm-hmm. That was a time to be a gamer. Definitely, like like that was insane. Right. And the Genesis, I would go over to the neighbor's house on the weekend, and these Genesis games are so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, just fantastic! Yeah, but, I really um, enjoyed uh, X Men on Genesis. Just on the side. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Road, Road Rash, another one that I love. Yep. Oh my God, Road Rash was a, I played it on PS One, but I loved the original Road Rash. Just yeah. as oh. just as a side note, um, the EA Genesis story. You should anyone watching, you guys should all look it up. And like, tell us. Tell us about yeah. it. It's it's really long, and I'm not like a, okay. I'm not like a professional. On it. I just watched a, like a, a video a couple weeks ago, but like they legitimately like EA was like, "Hey, we want to make games for your uh, for your system." They go to talk to Nintendo. Nintendo's like, "We want a whole bunch of money," and they're mm-hmm. like, eh, "We're a small upstart company, um, so we're not going to do that. We're not going to pay money." So I guess they they figured out how to like back. Um, Back design, not back design. Uh, reverse engineer is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, reverse engineer like the Sega cartridges, and they started making their own like pirate games. Mm-hmm. That's why when you look at Sega Genesis cartridges from EA, they're bigger and they got that little yellow slot thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Is because they were never allowed to originally like make games for Genesis. It was yeah, they were crazy. unlicensed. Yeah. It was, it was just a whole crazy story about how Genesis and EA, and it's kind of yeah, it's, it's just a it's it's something you, that people should look into. It's really an interesting story. That's actually really cool. I didn't I, I didn't know that. I know we like the Wild I, West back then. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is pretty crazy. I remember Sega Genesis had this great football game, and I don't remember what it was called, but we played Mutant that League fo- Mutant League football. We played it every Sunday. My my neighbor TJ's house. We played it every. Sunday and he would always get the team with Bo Jackson and just bowl my ass. So it was like the most ridiculous, unreasonable physics you can imagine. Like Bo Jackson can run a 900 yard touchdown, like four times up and down the field and nobody could touch him. I can't remember the name of it. That sounds like Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. But we played it on the Genesis and it's like how much fun that is going back. It's kind of crazy because we're like, we found this 
phenomenal. But if you think about it for the time, it was fucking phenomenal. Like Genesis had a fantastic sports library, NHL, you know, John Madden, like they had the, they cornered the market on sports games for sure. Uh, you know, less RPGs for me. Uh, if, if you want to, you know, go back and forth about the Mortal Kombat thing, I think Super Nintendo's a better port. I think it just looks better, minus the blood, whatever, you know, cry about it. Uh, you know, the, the the Super Nintendo controller, to me, is superior on Street Fighter, you know, but uh, Genesis really had it going on with the sports games. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball owned them all. That was good. <laughs> that was really good. So then let me ask you this. If, because there's so many games, right? You said Road Rash, Brad, and I immediately, yeah. I had forgotten, I want a Road Rash reboot so bad. Like, what a great yeah. game that was. What would you guys, Brad, I'll start with you. What, like, older game would you want to see rebooted into the new, the, the, the new current gen, mm-hmm. you know, one of, the, one of the games that hasn't been around in a while? Uh, this might be cheating. Uh, I don't know if, because uh, it's, you know, we're still kind of going and Konami's in a mess, but uh, I've been begging for years for a, uh, you know, a uh, Egovania collection. Like, I really want those to come back. You know, we had Bloodstained, which was awesome to me. I really dug the vibe there. You know, kind of that that game was a little janky for me. I think it crashed a lot on me, unfortunately, but uh, I played the heck out of that game. So I, I love those kind of games. Uh, so, uh, uh, that's going to be my vote. You know, let's let's get back to that. Uh, you know, who knows if it's going to be Castlevania or if it's going to be something else. But uh, I'd really like to see that happen. Uh, but, yeah, I frequently think about Road Rash. I really do. I think, it, like, there's a giant hole in the market for a game like that, you know. Mario Kart scratches that itch because you've got the racing slash kind of combat thing going on. But nothing like road rash where you're running from the cops and you're, you know, racing against others and, and, and road rash is awesome. So uh-huh. I, I'm going to cheat again and say road rash. It's such a good game. Like, I, I mean, split second was fun. If you ever played that, I think it was a PS3 exclusive and I think it was a Disney game. They made a couple bangers and then mm-hmm. dropped off, but that was really fun. And that a little bit, gave me that road rash itch but it's not the same as hauling ass on a motorcycle and beating the shit out of someone with a pipe it's just not the same uh zwan what would you want to see rebooted what's like an old phenomenal retro game skitchen no i'm just joking i'm joking (laughs) skitchen skitchen was like an offshoot of the whole road rash thing where you were on rollerblades it was bad um no um yeah road rash is always one of those games i'd love to i'd love to have a modern but I think a lot of Road Rash wouldn't work anymore because of like GTA and some of that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, unfortunately, but it's, it's a great option, right? Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Squaresoft just bite the bullet and start releasing like good console ports of their old games. This is, I want the Pixel remasters on PlayStation 5. Yeah, I'll have them on Xbox. Switch. And switch. I want them on everything. I legitimately want them on everything. So um, that's kind of my take is that I, I I would love to see some of the companies that have the gems remaster in like a in a, in a nice way their old games and release them because like there's a market for for people to pay money for that. I have spent so much time and energy downloading ROMs and finding ways of playing these games that are not quite legal. And I want to give these companies my money. Like they don't, I don't know if they understand that, that yeah. I want to give them my money to play their games. So that's my thing. That's what I want. I want, um, I want Chrono Trigger on PlayStation switch and, and Xbox. You know, yep. I want that. I have it on my PC. looks great on PC on steam. The steam version looks great. Just give me that, but yep. give me, give, give me trophies, give me some achievements, whatever, whatever you got to do, do that. That's what I want. That's that's the stuff that I would like. It's a, it's much like Brad had said. It's more, it's less of one game and it's more of like, an idea. <laughs> no, that so. does make sense. If 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 Daddy Jim Ryan, right? If Papa Ryan, you know, came came to dinner with me one day and he says, uh, you know, would you would you would you pay me to have back compatibility so you can play your PS3 library on a PS5, even if we don't drastically do anything to improve the performance, just let so you access it from the same machine. So I don't have to have 400 consoles. 
I would be like, Jim, here's a blank check. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a rich gal, but take it all. Just take it, take it, Jim, give me access to the older games with the better. Can I just point out? I love PS3. Here comes another unsubscribe. That was the most tiny childlike, ridiculous, worst remote ever. Is that not the worst remote? That's probably. I I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate it. Pretty rough. It feels like a toy. It does. I mean, I I guess it is a toy technically, but you know. (laughs) I I go back to PS3 games. I'm like, I really can't. Like, these are my spoiled first world problems is I can't play this game. I can deal with the resolution. I can deal with the FP. I cannot deal with this little bitty ass baby controller. Do you have a PS4 controller? I have met several, of course. I have a bunch. Yeah. You can Bluetooth connect that to your PS3. Are you shitting me? No, I'm not shitting you. No, you're I right. was I was over 39 and a half years old when I learned that, which is today. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> Are you sick? Look, you've you've just changed my life. I'll be messaging you at some point, like Zwan, how do I do the thing you said mm-hmm. to do with the damn yeah, it's controls? Easy. You'll, you'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll figure you out. See? How insane is that? So before we kind of start the wrap-up process, what did what did we not talk about that you guys want to talk about? What is a retro system or handheld or game or like ideology that we that we didn't talk about that we that we missed that needs to be shown love? Hmm. I mean, I I when I think of retro stuff, I think of Super Nintendo and Genesis. And um, playing Diablo One on PlayStation One. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway, um, I love Diablo, but uh, yeah, that the only thing I think we missed out on really is uh, the transfer between like 16-bit to 32-bit. Um, we were talking about how the NES leap to SNES was like the biggest, and I I agree in a lot of ways, but I also feel that the going from the 2D to 3D was mm-hmm. Like a like a like a like a like almost like a seismic shift in gaming, um, both for good and bad. Because I, I like that's where people started using like um, the same engine for multiple games, which is both good and bad. Because you can see it get really abused in the PlayStation Two era, especially where games started to look the same because you knew it was an Unreal game or whatever. They've done really good at making Unreal, and a lot of the engines that they use nowadays look totally different. But back in the the PS1, PS2 era, um, 3D was both an amazing advancement, and it also just led to a lot of, I don't want to call anyone lazy. I hate when people call devs lazy, because they're mm-hmm. not. But it led to a lot of, um, to a certain level of complacency yeah. with the way games were made. That's, that's actually a good point. I'm glad you brought that up, because we... Well, at this point, that is a little bit retro, isn't it? If you really think about it, where we're at now and how many years it's been, that was a huge, (laughs) that was a huge, huge shift. It really was. That was another dynamic shift. For me on PS3, um, another Quantic Dream title, Heavy Rain, what they did with, and that was kind of in the infancy of this really advanced mocap technology. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that I mean, that's normal. That's what we're doing all the time now. And that was really kind of solidified and yep. brought to fruition. And I remember on a PS3 going, oh my God, it's never going to get any better than this. Like I was blown away at, at what, did you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Talk a oh, little remember, bit about some of the seeing, shifts there. I remember seeing the body actors for Heavy Rain and being like, holy crap, they look the exact same. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first time I'd ever noticed, it was the first time I think they really actively used the actor and made them look the same. Well, actually, on Prophecy, Indigo Prophecy, um, I uh, I always got a kick out of how David Cage put himself in the game. Yeah. In the, in the tutorial, I thought that was like, I yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different uh, conversation. But um, but yeah, so like for PlayStation 3, like exactly, like the same kind of thing where all of a sudden you're just like, you're just like, these actors are like the people doing the voices and it's their faces. It- and it, it's normal now. It's normal now. Like you yeah. just see, like you see all of the the the, the stuff. Like uh, they just base everyone on all characters on people, basically. It's but that crazy. was a I at least for me personally, that's the first title I experienced that with because I looked up because mm-hmm. we had this cool thing then called the internet, which wasn't really like that old yet. And I was like, holy shit! I mean, her the chick who played Paige, like every detail of her curve and like all of Ethan's face, his eyes, how 
this is insane. Like it, and now it's like, it's normal. I mean, we took Ashley Johnson and said, we're going to change her up a little bit. Like, it's just the, the shift is so different. Brad, is there anything you kind of want to touch on that? That Yeah. Don't look at, yeah. Don't look at me. Like I, I thought it could never get better after alone in the dark or uh, out of this world or, you know, uh, a mist, but mist came out and I was like, Oh my God, it's never going to get any better than this. So don't look at me. I'm frequently flabbergasted by what these guys do. Uh, You know, I hats off. It's, you know, uh, video games rock. Don't I'm, oh, I'm always blown away by video games. So don't ask me that question. But I, I do that every every generation, every mm-hmm. generation, every new console. I yep. get super excited. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had the dog. She's she's barking. Somebody is walking 400 miles away and probably sneezed and she noticed it. I, every single generation, I go, oh, my God, this is it. This is like they're never yeah. going to do every every single time. I mean. Yeah, but in different ways, right? Like, yeah. like maybe they'll jump from PS4 to PS5. We don't notice like as much in the graphics, so to speak, but like the draw distances and the the movement of things and you know, like how many things can move at the same time on the screen, you know, everything is so much more liquid, you know. Or how fast everything loads. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> or how Load fast time. it moves. I mean, yeah. on consoles now, there are some games you can play at 120 frames per second. That is... Mm-hmm mind-blowing from when we were little and really it's but games are so different now the margin of error is so much smaller from a programming level so you see more bugs and you see more crashes and you see imperfections more and it i'm with swan i don't like that the can some people in the community can be so casual about calling out developers or i mean mistakes are going to be made the margin of error is minuscule whereas back mm-hmm. in the day it was i mean you could yeah. fuck up code this big and the you could still get through the game essentially sure. um so yeah any, anything else you guys want to want to cover before we wrap up to make sure that we have shown everything love that deserves love today um i i i'll, I'll give you one of my regrets of as a as a as a retro gamer is that i regret not giving some of the more obscure consoles of the day more love like the neo geo or i i played whenever i went to the radio shack at the mall in my hometown in the 90s they always had an like a a turbo graphic 16 set up as a good demo and i always loved to play it but every time i brought up the idea of buying one my parents were like we've got a Sega Genesis and you've got a Nintendo at home. Mm-hmm. So like you don't need Turbograph 16. Um, and the Neo Geo, um, we had our rental place, uh, like the, the home video place we always rented games and movies at, had a relatively small library of Neo Geo and they rented the, the, the console out. So we had one, I had one once for a weekend and it was great. But when I looked at how much it cost to buy the console for yourself, it was like $600 mm-hmm. in 90s money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but obviously the Neo Geo also output in arcade level graphics. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that's what us retro gamers always chased. You'd go to the arcade at the mall and you'd be like, look at the graphics of these games. Mm-hmm. And then you go home to your home console and be like, someday games will look as good as the arcade games. And then arcade died. And <laughs> can, <laughs> so. can I just point out that all three of us are at a beautiful, sometimes I complain about my age, but Zwan just said several things that, made me feel so fucking excited that I'm about to be 40 for three things. Well, I'd forgotten the Neo Geo, another unsubscribe. I'm so sorry. We had radio shacks, which were awesome. And we could go to this place called Blockbuster. Maybe you've heard of it and you could rent systems and you could rent video games. And like, that's insane. You could go to the radio shack and buy games or the Toys R Us and buy you could get remember. Do you guys remember the Sears catalogs, the wish list? Sure. Where like circling eight yep. months you wanted. Yes, eight months yeah. before Christmas, you circle the video game shit you want and like give it mm-hmm. to somebody who cares. And sometimes you'd see a game that you hadn't even heard of in the wish book six months before it came out, and you're like, wait a minute, they're making that game? And you'd be like super excited. What about mm-hmm. the weird peripherals that hardly anybody owned? You remember the Nintendo Power mm-hmm. Glove and that sure. big, that big bazooka thing? Yep. Yeah, or the uh, the U-verse that was kind of you controlled things with your hands. Yes. 
Oh my or, god! Yeah, like that. Those were awesome. The fighting game one where like it, it, it translated your 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 karate moves into like moves mm-hmm. into the game. It never worked really though. So how about the uh, the rolling rocker? Does anyone know about that unit? No. So uh, do do you guys remember those? Um, wow, I'm really gonna date myself now. Uh, you remember those pogo balls, right? So essentially, <laughs> yeah. it was like yes. it was like two dodgeballs with like a plastic platform between them that you could kind of yes. grip grip with your. I mean, you you're you know, and I don't know anyone who didn't wipe out immediately, but they had a device that was similar, but it you 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 connected it to your uh, Nintendo, and you would lean left or lean right or lean forward to move the to move the character. And it had a uh, daisy chain, a controller to your hand, so you could use the buttons while you kind of rocked back and forth. I mean, the thing was awful. It was developed by LJN. It didn't work at all. But I mean, there was a million ripoff peripherals back then. I mean, if it, you know, if you didn't know someone that owned it and it looked cool on a store shelf and you brought it home, you were disappointed more times than not if it didn't have you know uh, a Nintendo logo directly on it. So. Definitely. I remember that now that you say that. I remember the Wii Fit yeah. too. Like, yeah, I mean, we, but that was like so cool. Like Nintendo has constantly innovated all these insane things that were like nobody asked for this, but we are all gonna, like everybody's like and eh, motion control, but we all bought a Wii. And like yeah. so many. I, I, I mean, I went through so much shit to get a Wii and get that damn Wii Fit. Like I, I, I waited overnight. First time I ever did that. Oh, I, I, I waited for months to get one. It took me a while. I worked at a, in an electronics department of a, of a department store during the Wii launch. And for six months after the Wii came out, mm-hmm. I was feeling co- four to seven calls every day asking if we had Wiis in stock. So mm-hmm. trust me. When you first said that, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's your Canadian accent. I think it's just me. I thought you said the weed launch. I'm like, wait a minute. What were oh, you that doing was in October, Canada? That was October two years ago in Canada, the <laughs> weed launch. Like, <laughs> they, it wasn't like that in Canada back then, was it? Oh. Yeah, I, I had forgotten, guys, I had forgotten about the Neo Geo and I had forgotten about some of that old hardware before. Yeah. And that's what's crazy now is the accessibility options on a Microsoft is better on a, on a hard a hardware aspect than that. Sony doesn't yeah. really have a lot of accessibility for hardware, but they've got really great software. So now we've got video games that legally blind people can play and people with mm-hmm. very specific. So it's just, it's wild yeah. how far we've come, gentlemen. Like, yeah. just as a side note, there's minis available for both Turbo Graphics and Neo Geo now. Really? You, know, you can, yeah. I have I'll a TG16 mini I use all the time. I had a TG16 growing up. I, uh, you know, I won it in like a really weird newspaper contest. And, uh, you know, uh, where I grew up uh, was a test market for the TG16. So they kind of were giving them away. Uh, but I've, I've got the mini TG16. Uh, I think there's a an entire uh, console, uh, a Neo Geo. It's just a joystick. You know, it's it's an arcade stick with six buttons, and it's got all the uh, ROMs like loaded right up. I think it's got, I'd say, a good 25, 30 titles there, most of which are fighting games, of course. Uh, but the Neo Geo's got a great library. You know, Metal Slug, tons of SNK stuff on that is awesome. You know, uh, I, I think I, I think they have like an arcade stick mini for Neo Geo now, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I getting one. Yeah, I'm getting one. I don't know um, if they're making them now, or you know, you may. You have to resort to eBay, but uh, I'm pretty sure it exists. I'm going to go look for that. Very nice. So yeah. what I want to close with, you you see, you keep making me think of things, Brad. This is what I want to close with. What's your favorite arcade game from like back in the day? Your favorite retro game where you would go to a place and take mm-hmm. a stack of quarters with you because you had to play this game for hours. What was it's, it? It's, I think we all have the same answer. It's Street Fighter 2. You know, uh, that's that was the one. Uh, arcades growing up were great. I loved the Superman arcade was in that pizza place I always went to to play arcade games. We'd wait for food, and they'd have, there was a rotating uh, stock of uh, different arcade, arcade titles through there. Eventually, they did get a, a Neo Geo machine so I could play Samurai Showdown or uh, uh, Metal Slug was there. I love Last Blade. I don't know if anyone's played that one. That's a solid uh, weapons-based uh, uh, fighter, but the Street Fighter 2 is the one, you know, when that came out, we were just blown away by it. You know, we we, we lined up and, and waited and argued and, uh, you know, back and forth about which is the best character or, you know, could so-and-so beat, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll try to beat me if I'm Chun-Li now, 
you know? So that's, that's the one that's gotta be the one. That's the one that's, that's going to be our new slogan together. Zwan, what about you? Is that the Um, one for you? So I've always been garbage at fighting games. I always enjoy them. So um, Street Fighter 2, I agree, is definitely the, I think it's the overall one for sure. But for me, I've got three even ones and they're all weird choices. Um, Hard driving. I don't know if you guys remember hard driving. Sure. It was hard. It was like one of the hardest games I've ever played because it was realistic hard driving, but it was 3D in the 90s. And it was just, I just, every time I went to the mall, I was begged my parents to give, give me $5 and quarters. I'm going to go play in the arcade. And I always played that game because it was just like, it felt like you were learning how to drive with it practically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also cool because it always showed you a replay of the accident you had. And I, I always thought that was hilarious. It's like, I went over that stack of logs and crashed into that house. Amazing. Probably set up my whole love for the, the Burnout series. But um, I also loved the Simpsons arcade game. Oh, yeah. Because it looked, it was one of the first games that I ever played, I ever saw that where it looked like I was playing the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look back at it now, it doesn't really, but at the time, I'm like, holy crap, I'm controlling Homer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and basically the same thing, like the, the X-Men arcade game, which came out at the same time, same thing. It was literally the same game, practically. But like, um, same idea. It was just, it looked like I was playing a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole thing for me back in the day was like, if, if it looked like I was playing a cartoon, I would just fall in love with it. So those are my three tied our favorite arcade games. Um, I have a whole bunch of other arcade games that I remember, but those are the ones that I, I, I lived and died for basically. So I have one, I have one in common with, with one of you as a, as a younger, more kid level Galaga. I still love Galaga. I would play the shit at, I would love to have a Galaga arcade game. As, as like a, a, a the teen era, like going to the skating rink and playing, it was all Area 51 and X-Men. Could nice. not, yeah. could not get enough. I would love to have all three of those arcades in my house one day. Yeah, It's going to happen. Um, so where can, just because some folks might be listening to this as a, a real podcast. So if you guys, Brad, if you could give people your handle in case folks want to find you and, and follow you for a lot of wholesome, uh, fun game goodness. Sure. Uh, you can find me. Uh, my handle is Tukes, uh, T-O-U-K-Z. You can find me anywhere, Twitter, PSN, and there. I've, I've had that handle since 1994. So. Oh, okay. Type, type that in, you'll find me. All right. Zwan, what about you? Where's, uh, what's the handle they can find you? Uh, at Zwan Guy on Twitter. Uh, Z-W-A-N-G-U-I, Z-W-A-N for non-Canadians. <laughs> oh. um, but um, yeah, I, um, yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter if you guys want to. I talk about video games all the time. Yeah, he talks a lot. I don't tend to argue with people. <laughs> he, he, he talks a lot about them. Uh, and I will yeah. I will also post uh, helpful links for you guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can check the pin post below and you'll find a link where you can find Brad and Zwan Guy. And I am Crystal. You can find me, if you care to, at C. Smith Shine. So thanks so much for being here, guys, and for an awesome episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Go play yeah. some yeah, go play did. some go play some games. Listen to this goodness. Feel good in your heart. Yep. Video games are awesome. Go play some games and just Love your fellow gamer. 100%. All right. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you so much. Thanks.